Good morning, Victory Church. How you guys doing this morning? It is an incredible privilege to have you here with us. My name is Troy, and as you heard my beautiful wife, we get the incredible privilege to pastor this great church. And if you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. We're so glad to have you, and uh, we want to do our best to help you know your way around and get connected as much as we can. I want to piggyback on what she said about Growth Track. One of the things you'll hear us say around here is um, you're here on purpose because you have a purpose. And we're not in the concept of, hey, just come and sit every Sunday. We believe God wants to use you, watch this, to make a difference in other people's lives. And so the idea is you come and you receive the word. You'll see our four uh, main things in the hallway. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom through small groups. We want you to come to know your purpose through Grow Track. Grow Track, get to know a little bit more about us, a little bit more about yourself. Find your place to be able to be involved and then make a difference in other people's lives. And so I just want to encourage you, man, get a part of that. Jump in that. Those of you that have been faithful, I'm so excited that you're graduating kind of today and you get to go shadow your ministries next week. And so like she said, jump in whenever you want to jump in. Be a part of what God's doing right here in in North Rutherford County. He's doing something great through Victory Church and watching people just be impacted. We've been able to have conversations with people every week and what God's doing is just incredible and fantastic. Amen? If you've got your Bibles, do me a favor, turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. If you've got your paper Bible, just go to the New Testament, go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, get it to the Ions, is what I call them, the Galatians and the, the uh, Ephesians, and you're going to find Philippians. If you've got your mobile device, you literally could Google Feel 4, Feel chapter 4, P-H-I-L. Google is a Christian, and so she'll take you right to Philippians. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you start to get those mercy laughs, you know what I mean? It's, it's okay. Um, so Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to go. And while you're getting there, we are currently in a series called Patterns. And we believe that throughout the Word of God, uh, the Lord has given us patterns for every area of our life to be successful. He's given us patterns for how to do marriage correctly. He's given us patterns for how to do our finances correctly. given us patterns for how to raise our kids correctly, our thought patterns, all these different things. And um, we actually talked last week that Paul said it like this. He said there are godly patterns and then there are worldly patterns. And do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to the worldly patterns, but instead be transformed by the godly patterns. So the worldly patterns that we face, all we can do is conform to them. As things change, iPhones and uh, media, we talked about this a little bit last week, as entertainment and all these things progress, all we know how to do is conform to the way things are progressing. But it's God's patterns that transform us. And so we want to be able to put God's patterns in our lives. And so throughout the weeks, we're going to talk about, again, marriage and uh, relationships. And next week, we'll talk about our thoughts. But this week, we want to talk about what is God's pattern for us to overcome worry and anxiety? How do we overcome worry in our lives? CBS News recently put out an article that said this, this generation, this, uh, this, this season of life is, is at uh, all-time high When it comes to Americans and stress, Americans and worry. They say more Americans go to the doctor and they find out that their symptoms are a result of stress and worry. And so it's huge. It's just taken over. You can hear people talk about it all the time. And so I started looking up, like, what what are the things that that cause us to worry? And I wanted to kind of put together a list. And I'll be honest with you, as I was looking at the list, I I got a little stressed just looking at the list. But um, I wanted to be able to put it up and let us kind of connect and find out where we are. You know, there's finances. Some of us worry about how much finances we don't have or how much we do have or when we're going to have what we need, right? 
Uh, there's relationships. We have a lot of worry, whether it's in our marriage or whether it's in a divorce or whether it's in a friendship or a relationship with our kids, relationship with our siblings, maybe a relationship with our boss. There's worry in that. There's parenting. Anybody got worry in parenting? Amen. I know I would love some advice on how to do that correctly. Uh, there's worry in our jobs, whether it's the job you currently have or the job you're currently looking for or the job that you are afraid you might lose. There's, there's worry in that process. Health. I think we've all been that moment where, you, you know, you feel a bump or, or see a mole and you freak out, right? And it is kind of a process of worry that comes with health. Confrontation. Not many people think about this, but a lot of people find stress and worry from having to confront people. I'll give, I'll give you an example to let you know if you're one of these people. If you get an email from your boss that says we need to meet immediately and your blood pressure goes up, you worry with confrontation, right? Appearance. This is big. A lot of us worry with our physical appearance, how we look. Have we lost enough weight? Are we skinny enough? Are we big enough? Are we strong enough? All these different worries. Expectation. The expectation we have of people and the expectation people have of us. Death in the family or death of a friend that causes worry and stress. And then just the pace of life, just the constant busyness of life. All of these things, and I'm pretty sure we could all say, yep, that's right there. That one right there is, is where my worry is. I certainly have times of worry like that. What's interesting, though, is that God never obligated himself to remove those things from our lives. There was never a point where he said, look, in order for you to not worry, I'm just going to remove these things from life. Matter of fact, those things are life. It's just, that's life. And so God never obligates himself to remove those, but instead he put into place a pattern to be able to help us have peace in the midst of those things, Right? started asking myself, did Jesus ever worry? I mean, we, you know, he's 100% man and he's 100% God. Did, did Jesus ever worry? Scripture talks about how he's gone through everything that we face so that he can really uh, relate to us and our struggles. And so did Jesus ever worry? And I, I, think, I think he did. I think Jesus did worry. And the foundational backing I would put to that is Luke twenty two forty four, 44, where uh, Luke, Luke applies that um, in, the, in the eve of Christ's crucifixion, He's praying, and it actually says that he begins to perspire or begins to sweat blood. He's worrying so much that he begins to sweat blood. There's a scientific term, I guess you say a medical term for it, and uh, I'm going to try my best to do this. So if you are a doctor or anything like that, please don't hold me to the mispronunciation of this word. But we'll just go with hematetrosis, right? It made me feel good. Just say, hey, ready to go, pastor? You did good. Y'all don't care. All right. Um, it's a condition brought on from great emotional stress. Well, there we go right there. Where tiny ca- uh, capillaries in the sweat glands can rupture, thus mixing blood with perspiration. Doctors say it's a result of intense mental contemplation. Old IMC. In other words, worry. That, that's what, next time your kid or your boss goes, are you worrying about something? Just say, no, I'm having intense mental contemplation. Right? In other words, I'm worrying. Jesus was worried because he knew exactly what the crucifixion was going to entail. He knew what the pain was going to be. He knew he was going to be separated from his father. And so he was worried enough for this condition and he perspired blood. Jesus wanted to relate to our worry so that he could appropriately give us a pattern for peace. Charles Duhigg wrote a book and he introduced a format called The Habit Loop. Okay? He introduced this format, and this format had three parts. It has the cue, it has the routine, and it has the reward, okay? So 
Again, here's kind of an example of it. So this is what's called the habit loop. So you've got the cue, the routine, and the reward. I'll give you an example. If, I don't know if any of you bite your nails, but this is kind of how this habit would work with bite your nails. The cue would be you have long fingernails. So the routine is now you go to bite them. And the reward is you feel good or they're shorter or whatever the reward is for those of you who bite your nails. I don't bite my nails. But there's the cue, the routine, and the reward. This can apply to any habit we have. There's a cue that starts it, brings it to our mind. We go through the routine or for the sake of this sermon, the pattern. And then there's a reward. Let me show you how it works with worry. And I'm going to give you a real life example of this happening with worry. Okay. Those of you that know Malcolm, Malcolm is our own version of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. You'll see him around here. He's, he's doing growth track. He's a mixed guy. He's got too, too many muscles. Um, during the, y'all stop that. He's married. Um, so I'm driving one day, and he sends me a text message, and it's one of those long text messages. You know, when you see him, you don't even want to read it because it's so long. And so I start to read it, and it's like, hey, pastor, hope you're having a great day. Got some great news. I'm like, all right, this is the kind of text message I want to read. So I keep on reading. It's a testimony of something God's doing at the church. I'm just like, man, that's so cool. And I get to the very bottom, very bottom. And the last sentence, okay, when, when this sermon's over, I want you all to all go and just smack him really hard across the face for this situation. Probably not because he could probably beat half of us up. But the very last sentence says this, oh, by the way, pastor, I got bad news. And then it stopped. Like, it, it ended. You know how you can see the text, like, in a It was done. And so, obviously, naturally, I started waiting for the little bubbles. You know what I'm talking about? Little bubbles that let you know that whoever this person is that's driving you crazy is carrying on the conversation. So I'm waiting for the bubbles because, you know, who does that? Who, who puts that at the very end? I got great news. Man, God's doing this. Da-da-da-da. BTW. I got bad news. Deuces. Right? Just gone. And so I'm panicking. I'm literally, this was the cue. The cue was his text message, all right? And it sent me down a pattern of complete worry. I started stressing about everything. I'm driving, swerving all over the road. I'm worried. Finally, I picked up the phone. I called him. And as soon as he answered the phone, you can ask him, this is the first thing I said to him. I said, Malcolm? He said, hey, Pastor. I said, who does that? Who does that? Who sends that? He goes, oh, he's laughing. I'm sorry, man. I got, I got caught up with the kids. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever, I, I went down this routine and my reward was, guess what, anxiety. And that's the pattern for worry. This is the worldly pattern that we face for worry. The cue comes, we get the email, we get the bill notice, we get the doctor notice, whatever the cue is, and then we go into a pattern of worry. I'm like, what if, what if, what if, what if, maybe I can, and, and it's not like we try to logically fix it, because watch this, most of the things we worry about fall in two categories. Number one, they've already happened, we can't change them. Number two, they're not going to happen. And so we worry about them, we worry about them, and then all we end up with is a reward of anxiety. It's a pattern that we stay in over and over and over again. And the enemy has paralyzed the local church because we're so focused on ourselves and worrying about ourselves that we don't operate in all of the gifts and promises that God gave us. And I believe that Philippians gives us a different pattern that will replace this. You'll see it'll keep the habit loop, but it'll replace it. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It's going to be our main verse today. We're going to jump to a couple of different verses, but that's going to be, the, 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 if you were going to memorize a verse, which we're going to talk about a little bit, if you were going to set, stand on a verse all week, this is the verse you're standing on. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything is what he's saying. Do not be anxious. But instead, by prayer, or in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind 
in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything, but in every situation. Watch this. In every situation. Throw that habit loop back up for me real quick. I'm sorry, Erica. The habit loop, the cue, the cue, as Paul is saying, is every situation. So the cue hasn't changed. The cue is the email you get. The cue is the notice you get. The cue is the information you get. The cue is the problem. It's whatever starts you worrying. The cue remains the same. But instead of the routine that we're used to, he puts in a new routine. He says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now there's a new routine. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God and watch this. Now there's a new reward. And as a result, the reward is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The worldly pattern says, get the cue, freak out, worry what if, go crazy, stress about it, have a horrible marriage, don't enjoy your night at home, can't eat your food, worry, 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 and then at the end of it, all you'll have is a big ball of anxiety. And Paul's saying, let the cue happen, but then by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present that to God. And watch, without you being able to understand, you'll have the peace of God. So let's break down the pattern. Number one is prayer. He says us to pray. Well, pastor, we knew you were going to say pray. You're a pastor. You're a church. It makes sense that if I'm struggling with something, I should pray. Well, obviously, I would say that. If I don't believe in prayer, we got a problem from day one, right? Which is funny to me because a lot of us will tell everybody else to pray, but we won't pray, <laughs> right? Somebody says, I got a problem. You should pray about it. Well, what about your situation? Like, I don't pray about my situation. Exactly. You know, he says to, to, to pray, and, and there's two reasons why I think prayer is important. Number one is because it's prayer. But number two, I think every worry we have is driven by self-obsession. Every worry we have is driven by self-obsession. And prayer will take the focus off of you and put it on him. And so Jesus, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I said that throughout Scripture, you'll find Jesus has three patterns. There's three things he was accustomed to doing. One of them is prayer. He was custom to praying, okay? Look what it says in the Bible. I believe it's John chapter 1, verse 35. I don't know if I'm going too fast for you. There we go. Luke 15, 16. Totally off. Thank you. Um, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus what? Often. You know what that means? He did it a lot. It means it was a routine. It was a habit. It was a pattern. Jesus had a pattern of prayer. So if Jesus has a pattern of prayer, I think we should probably have a pattern of prayer. Oh, pastor, I pray all the time. No, you don't. Listen, most of the time when we would consider ourselves praying, we're really worrying out loud and calling it prayer. Right? Give you an example. Oh, we'll pick one. We'll pick finances. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't get paid till next Friday and the rent's due. I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to be out on the street? I don't know. God, you need to help me. I prayed over it. No, you didn't. You worried out loud, and then you assigned God the responsibility at the end, and you called it prayer. And that's why it didn't work. Because, yes, Jesus had a pattern of prayer, but watch this. There was another attribute to the pattern in which Christ ran by, and this is Mark 135. I got it mixed up. Watch this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning. Jesus was strategic to pray before his day came. He didn't wait for the situation to hit him and then pray about the situation. He prayed about the day in advance 
so that no matter what came, he was prepared for it. Uh, me and Darla got into ministry at what I would consider a young age. I was 21. She was 22. And we were still, you know, you're still learning a lot at 21. I feel like I'm still learning a lot at 33. But, you know, all throughout life, you're, you're learning. And so we got into ministry. And I can tell you this, the first probably 10 years of our ministry, I worried a lot. I mean, you could call me the ultimate warrior. You know what I mean? Right? Another one? No? Okay. Um, I just worried all the time, worried, worried, worried. And, and I could tell you stories of how that affected me, both physically and spiritually and mentally. I just constantly worried. And so a few years ago, when it came time and we kind of knew we were going to plant this church and we knew what God was going to do, I'm, I'm not dumb. I knew that the process of doing something like this would bring even more worry on. And so I remember praying one day and just saying, God, I need a different pattern. I didn't know it. I didn't say pattern then, but I need a different routine. If I'm going to do this process, I can't be worrying the way I worry all the time. Something needs to change. And I won't bore you with all the details, but God set me up in this situation where I started meeting my brother-in-law to work out in the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. The, I remember when he asked me, he said, you want to start working out together? I said, yeah. And he said, meet me at 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, whoa, <laughs> there's only one 5 on the clock, all right, 5 p.m., there's no 5. And he said, well, that's the only time I can work out. And clear as day, I felt the Lord tell me, this is what you've been asking for. And so I'd meet him at the gym at 5 because I'm one of those guys that if you told me wake up in the morning and go pray, I'd fall asleep in the living room. You know what I mean? Like, just be laid up, like, and so, you're like, oh, he's really in the presence. No, he's asleep. Might be in the presence of the comforter, you know what I'm saying? Uh, these are really bad jokes this morning. Um, and so, I started meeting him, and I would work for an hour, hour, whatever, and get the blood flowing, and then, you know, it's 6, 15 in the morning, nobody's there, and so there was a track in the gym, and I would go and walk that track, and I would just pray for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, whatever it, whatever it needed, and I'd go and put my headphones on and put on some worship music, and I would just walk and walk and walk and pray. And sometimes I got distracted. You know, sometimes it was, you know, I'd be thinking about that, thinking about this. But most of the time, what I was doing was this. God, here's my day. I'm about to start this day. I know I got this meeting. I know I got this. I know I got this thing I got to do. But God, can you go before me? Can you help me with my day? Because I don't want to worry all day. You know, you got a meeting at 4 o'clock. You're worrying yourself all the way to 4 o'clock. I don't want to worry all day. So God, I'm going to give you my day now so that you can, I can know it's in your hands. And watch this. Not only does it bring me peace for the worries I know I have, it brings me peace for the worries that are going to come that I don't know are going to come. I used to pray this. God, give me the vision to know what's coming, the wisdom on how to handle it, and the boldness to do what you tell me to do. Right? I want to know what's coming. I don't want to be caught up in worries. So if all I do is respond with prayer, then I'm waiting to be attacked, and I'm just praying and worrying and calling it prayer. But if I wake up early in the morning and I start my day with prayer, God, here's my day. Here's what I got going on. I need your help. I know this is a problem. I know this is coming. I need this. I need it. I need it. And then watch this. If I do it correctly, I'll walk away knowing that anything I was going to worry about, I don't need to worry about because my father's going to handle it. See what I mean? So this is why Paul would say, start with prayer. Start with prayer. Follow Jesus' pattern. Not only did he pray, but he prayed early in the morning. You say, oh, man, I can't get up early. Get up and do 100 push-ups. That'll wake you up. Get up and do something. Get up early and pray. That's the first one. Number two, it's petition. It says petition. Prayer and petition. If you grew up in church, then this word might be a little bit familiar to you. It would kind of remind you of a document that's trying to uh, move forward some type of agenda, and it gets a lot of people to sign it, right? That's a, that's a petition. 
When, when I got saved, I've, I've never been a very traditional religious person, and so it took me years to learn church traditions. And I'll never forget the first time I learned what a petition was because someone made one against me. Um, we were the youth pastors and the kids pastors. So Sunday morning we would do kids ministry, and Wednesday night we would do youth ministry. There was a crazy transition, and we wanted the kids to get, you know, not, not get hurt by the transition. So we just said, we'll do them both. And so, you know, we did youth on Wednesday, and we did kids on Sunday. There was this room with these hideous paintings all throughout the room, and I said, we're going to paint over that. We're going to make it kid-friendly. And uh, didn't know, my bad, that it was going to offend some people. And so on Wednesday night, I'm preaching in the youth group, and all of a sudden, the back doors of the youth building opens up, and this woman comes in, and she's got a piece of paper, and I see her going around to all my youth leaders, and, and I can see it as I'm preaching, and it's a little distracting, but I'm like, I don't know what's happening. It's none of my business. And so we go through on service, and, and I find out afterwards that she had a petition to not paint those walls. And so she was coming in there to get people's agreement that we should not paint those walls. That was her mindset of a petition. So I think about this. Here's what Paul's saying. I want you to first pray, and then second, I want you to assign agreement. Okay? So first pray, then assign agreement. Most of us find agreement in the wrong places. When we're dealing with something, we go to social media. Would you help me? Would you pray for me? Would you believe with me? Would you agree with me? We go to friends. Some of us, we go to family. A lot of times we go to the wrong place. And watch this. Not only do those people not agree with us that our worry will be handled, but we often just take on their worry as well. Right? You go to somebody and say, man, I can't pay my bills. They say, I can't pay mine either. <laughs> well, what good are you? Right? Now I'm worried about you. You're worried about me. All we did was add our worry. We have to be strategic about the agreement that we sign. Your best co-signer to your prayer is Scripture. Always. Let me read to you what it says in Deuteronomy. This is powerful when you read this. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, put my scripture on the gates, right? Put my scripture on the door frames, right? See, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Put my word on the gates. Put my word on the door frames. Put my word around your palms. Put my word on your forehead. Hide it in your mind and your heart so that at every point you are seeing my word. When you come into your house, you see my word, right? When you look in the mirror, you see my word. When you think, it's my word. When you feel, it's my word. When you see your hands, it's my word. In other words, put it everywhere. Surround yourself with scripture because it's the best agreement to your prayers. If you feel sickness in your body and you're praying to be healed, you need to pray and agree that with scripture. That's the petition, prayer and petition. Let that be the co-signing to your prayer. I used to get worried when I would pray that, what if I'm not praying what God wants me to pray? So every morning I would do my routine like I told you guys, and watch this, I'd start praying, and I would start to worry <laughs> if I was praying the right thing to be able to get what God wanted for me. And I stumbled upon Philippians 4, 6 through 7 that told me, do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so I memorized it. 
And so every morning I would get up and I'd go, all right, Lord, I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now for, for today. I don't want to worry. Help me not worry. Help me with that meeting. I, you know, because listen, I don't know if you know this, but when you plant a church, a lot of worries come. We were worried about how we were going to sell our house. We were worried about how we were going to move here. We were going to worry about how we were going to raise $175,000. If you're interested in the finances of the church, I'm going to preach on it in a couple weeks, and you're going to be blown away by what God's done through this church financially. We were worried about all of our team members who were moving. They were losing jobs, and they were trying to sell houses. There were so many things that if I hadn't put this pattern in place, I would have lost my mind because I would have worried over things that I couldn't do anything about. And so I would go up and pray, God, you know about Andrew and Amber's house. You know they can't sell it. You know that other two houses around them have been on the market for years. But somehow, I'm not going to worry, you're going to sell that house. Lord, I'm praying for Chase's health. And Lord, I'm praying for his job. And Lord, I'm praying for Brian's job. And Lord, I'm praying for this. And I'm praying for that. And I'm praying that I don't have to worry. But also, while I'm praying, I'm going to say, do not be anxious about anything. Because in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, I present my request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. So I'm not just praying, don't worry, but now I'm agreeing with Scripture, right? And so then I'll be like, all right, God, I, with this church, I want to be able to do what you want me to do, and I want to be able to walk in your guidance. So I'm going to start quoting Psalm 37, 23, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in this way. So when I pray, I'm not just going to pray, not worry. I'm going to pray, not worry, and Philippians. And I'm not just going to pray that you'd give me your will and direct me, but I'm going to pray Psalm 37, 23, that you would give me the steps of a righteous man. You would order my steps, and I would delight in his way. And then I found out I was praying for my wife, and I was praying for my kids, and I was praying, watch, 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 watch. Watch. I was praying for what, what God was doing in my life. I was praying for my family, my kids. Watch this. And I'm praying that everything I touch would be successful in the eyes of the Lord. And so I'm praying day after day, God, if you would just protect my wife, if you'd protect my kids, there's so much going on in this world, just protect my kids, protect my wife. God, let what I touch be successful. And then I learned Psalm 128, 1 through, 1 through 3. It says, those who fear the Lord are joyful. All who follow his ways will enjoy the fruit of their labor. They'll be joyful and prosperous. Their wives will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing in their home. And their kids will be like vigorous young olive trees that sit around his table. Right? So I'm not just praying it. I'm agreeing with Scripture. I'm proclaiming, God, you said it. I didn't say it. God, you said it. And so now the pattern that I've replaced my word with is I pray and I agree and I pray and I agree and I pray and I agree that every good thing is from above and it comes down from the Father of heaven and eyes who does not change like shifting shadows, right? I'm praying that the same God, my God, who supplies all my needs according to the riches and glories of Christ Jesus. I'm praying, but I'm agreeing with Scripture, right? We've learned that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came so I may have life and have life to the full. I'm praying you not conform to the patterns of this world, but the transforming of my mind will renew, right? Transforming of my mind be renewed in Christ so that I'll be able to know God's will for me, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm agreeing the verse with the prayer. Now listen, for whatever reason, God has called me to memorize a verse a week, and it's exhausting. It was exhausting to just say that. That may not be the calling for you. Get a verse a year. Memorize a verse a year, a verse a month. Whatever you're dealing with, if it's your marriage, find verses for marriage and pray for your marriage and agree with those verses. If it's your finances, find verses about finances and agree with your prayer. Prayer and petition. Prayer and petition. If not, you'll start praying what you want. And God wants you to pray deliverance from the enemy's pattern. And once you start praying what God wants, you find yourself in God's pattern. And watch this. The ending is always what you want. It's always what you want. So by prayer and petition, prayer and petition, your greatest co-signer is Scripture. By far. So he says, by prayer 
and petition with thanksgiving. So pray. Get up early. Pray first thing. First thing. Pray. Then assign scripture. God, I believe this. I'm believing this. You said this. And watch this. And then worship. And then worship. You know what's interesting about worry? Is that worry takes imagination. Right? Some of the stuff we worry about is crazy. We imagine stuff like, uh, if, you don't, if you don't believe me, let your child call you from school and you miss the phone call. You'd be like, oh, Veda done stole a concrete truck and she ran it into the cafeteria and she's currently pouring like concrete right on the cafeteria lady. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just go. You go so far. Let your boss email you and say, we need to meet ASAP. You start going through all the sins you did as a toddler. You know, you're like, what, what did he know that I did? Like we just having a crazy imagination. And worry is all a result of an imagination. But guess what else takes imagination? Worship. Because you're worshiping a God you can't see. And you're worshiping through situations that you can. And so it takes imagination. And watch this. Worry is a misuse of our imagination. And as long as you're using your imagination to worry, you can't worship. So God, so Paul would say, pray, assign scripture, and worship. Worship will reverse worry. Let me show you what I mean. Give me that habit loop again. Cue, routine, reward, problem, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I can't pay my bills? What if she leaves me? What if, what if, what if, what if, reward of anxiety? Worship will reverse that what if from the negative of what could go wrong to what God could do. See what I mean? So instead of the what if being, what if my bills don't get paid, it becomes, what if God gives me a better job than I've ever had before? The what if goes from being a negative aspect to being a positive aspect. You go from worrying about the negative to rejoicing about the possibility. It reverses it. Worship. Here's the best thing about worship. Here's the best thing. Worship, you're not doing a thing. I, I know some people worship with their hands up, some don't. I, I like to put my hands up, but, but some people don't. It, it's never been about that. Worship's about this. It has nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with him. It's everything. You can't do it wrong. If you just sit there and go, God, I love you, I love you, I love you, you did it great. It's worship. Matter of fact, try that to your wife. Walk in and just go, I love you, I love you, I love you. See if she didn't like that. She'll love it. She'll call it worship. That's what's so great is you pray. That is your job. You pray. You get up early. Go to bed early. Drink coffee. Do something. Be like Scout and take pre-workout. Feel like you're on drugs. Do something to be able to get up and pray, pray, and then no scripture. No scripture. As a church, we're going to do this as the years go on. We're going to memorize scriptures here and there, things. And, and I would tell you right now, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is where you need to start. It's where you need to start. Know that verse so that when, because watch this, worry, not only is it going to get you when you leave, it's probably got you right now. And for you to be able to pray and petition, and once you've prayed and petitioned, here's how my prayer routine mornings would go. I would start off praying. I would talk. 
God has to be so sick of hearing me talk. Because y'all can tell I talk a lot. I just be like, God, and then I would transition. After I talked for about 20 minutes, I would start quoting that scripture that I was learning. And then by the time it was over, I would find myself worshiping because I had worked through all of my worry. And now I, my perspective had been aligned with the fact that God cares more about my situation than I do. And I went from worry to worship. My imagination was released from worry and it was open to worship. And I was walking no longer worried about what was going on in my life, but instead I was worshiping God. That's the pattern. Paul would say to quit worrying to anxiety, but instead by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present those things to God. And here's the best part. He doesn't know how. Transcends all understanding. Here's what that means in Troy Powell's language. I ain't got no idea. I don't know how it happened, but the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, but it's going to be beyond your understanding. Put it to work and tell me I'm not right. Put in place the pattern. Pray, petition, worship. Prayer, petition, worship. And I guarantee you, you'll come back and say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know how. But man, things are different. Things are different. Worry doesn't consume me the way it used to. Things are different. They are. Because God's always had a pattern for you. Not to do away with the things, but to have peace in the midst of them. When everybody's worried about their job, why aren't you worried about your job? Do you have a great one? No, my job could fire me any day. But I walk in the confidence of God. I walk in the fact that every day I've come to him and said, you order my steps. You have my day. And if you have my day, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen because I'm not trusting man. I'm trusting you. See what I mean? I gave you, God, the responsibility. I said, you said my steps would be ordered. Have my life. Have it. And I'll never worry again because I know that if something goes wrong, it's on you. And some of you are like, man, that's bad theology. I'm sorry. He's my daddy. I'm his son. It's on you. Because when I was little, I never worried about a thing. I never went up to my dad at three and said, hey, how are you going to pay this light bill? really concerned on whether or not I'm going to be able to see, you know, whether or not my nightlight's going to fly. But never worried. Because daddy's job is to take care. You know what people would say, well, what my dad would tell me? Go be a kid. I wonder how many times God tells us, go walk in my freedom. Go walk in my promise. Quit worrying. I got you. Go be my kid. Pray. Petition, worship. Stand with me, church. We're going to put this into practice for a second. Because if you can test it out here, you can apply it at home. That's my big heart for this church. There might be things you like and dislike, but I want to make sure everybody leaves out of this place every Sunday with something to apply to their lives be able to say, how do I take what he said and apply it to Monday? Because your, your life starts Monday. We don't live in some church fairy tale world, right? So you got to be able to apply it on Monday. How do you apply it? You pray, you outwardly say scripture, and you worship. So we're going to test it. We're going to pray real quick. And then I'm going to say out verbally, I'm just give you an example. I'm going to say Philippians 4, 6 through 7. You don't have to read along. You, you say it amongst yourself. And then we're going to go into just a second of worship. 
just lets you get a taste of it. You ever been to a good restaurant and just get a good appetizer? I'm like, oh, this place is going to be good. You get an appetizer of this, you'll go, all right, this pattern's nice. This is nice. And you'll want to apply it. So let's pray. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you so much. You are so faithful. Your word is right in front of us. Lord, we'll go to doctors and we'll go to Dr. Phil and we'll go to Oprah and everybody that we can to try to figure out how do we quit worrying. And the entire time Paul was saying, here it is. (laughs) Here's the pattern. Jesus did it. I'm teaching the church of Philippi to do it. Do it. Just pray and petition and give thanksgiving and watch the worry go away and it'll be beyond your understanding. God, we thank you. We thank you so much that we don't have to worry. Now, that doesn't mean we're not responsible, God. We have to be responsible for our decisions. But we don't have to worry because worry never gets us anywhere. But prayer and petition and worship sets us up, Lord. And so, God, I pray over this church right now for every one of us that you would give us the strength on Monday morning to start putting into our life these patterns so that we can start to see an impact on our life and the idea of worry. Lord, we give you our week. We give you our finances, every situation, Lord. And Lord, with that prayer now, now we quote Philippians 4, 6 through 7 because I don't want to just pray shallow prayers, but I want to pray your scripture. So I'm praying this, God. Now watch this, church. I'm praying Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, God, you're telling me in every situation, my prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We pray, we petition, and now we just worship, church. Come on. Come on and just begin to worship. Hallelujah. Every stronghold, God. Freedom is ours when we call his name.